Get ready to rumble. Shilling Show Unleashed on the Seven Thunders Media Network. Former city councilor, husband, father, and community watchdog. Your host, Rob Schilling. Welcome to the Schilling Show Unleashed podcast. Remember, your direct support makes our show possible, and you can directly support this podcast by visiting shillingshow.com and then clicking on the Patreon banner at the top of the page to make a monthly contribution. We appreciate your support. The Schilling Show Unleashed podcast welcomes Jeremy Sladen, certified personal trainer, founder of Warrior MBS, and today's topic, How Feminism Has Failed Women. And Jeremy Sladen, welcome to the Shilling Show Unleashed podcast. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. I want to start by talking about your organization, Warrior MBS, because you're doing such important work. Tell us about it. It's geared toward men. It's geared toward men who want to level up in their life, either their mental clarity, their physical fitness, or their spiritual grounding, or all, or all three. But what I'm finding is in this community that I've created, the guys that join are enjoying the community aspect of what it is, a 60-day competition where I break all, like, let's say we have 40 guys join, and this next round, by the way, starts uh, here in a few days. Um, if you got 40, if we got 40 guys, I break the entire group up into small teams that all compete against each other. And there's five days a week workout plan that's customized to every guy's individual needs, their injury history, et cetera. There is a, a meal plan that every time they have a compliant meal, they take a picture of it, upload it to their little group, and they get their point. And then there's also spiritual, or we call them soul-building operations. So that's where the guys have a choice every week between three operations that are meant to get them out of the box, to get them closer to God, other men, their family. It's something that's meant to push up against maybe some fear they have in their own life uh, to help them grow. And they get to do that in this community. And it's meant to be a reset for guys that, that want to improve themselves. And also, as they look around the state of the world right now, they may feel overwhelmed. And it's sort of a reprieve from all that as well, where you can be around like-minded guys that know what's going on. And, and we're all saying to each other, hey, let, let's focus on some things we have absolute control over, uh, or at least as much as God allows. <laughs> we can't right. control everything, but let's focus on our, our mental clarity, our physical fitness, and our spiritual foundation, so then we can go back out into the world and be better. It's a wonderful counterpoint to what we're talking about today is how feminism failed women, which it clearly did if you look at the facts and you've done a lot of research on this. I want to go back to the origins of the feminist movement in America, and maybe we could start with the suffragettes unless you want to go further than that. But they actually had a legitimate case. It was a different time than when the Constitution was uh, put together and approved. So was that a good movement? Nobody is fighting against a woman's right to vote. But yeah, the, the early on basics of it, I think, was good intention, well-intentioned, and, and did some real good. Uh, so, so nobody's pushing back against that. It's when you get into the second and third waves of feminism that their fangs are, are kind of bared in terms of that they are taking their cues directly from Marxism, or, and especially cultural Marxism. That was a big part of infiltrating our American society was through feminism, and even Karl Marx himself. Not only did he hate God, he specifically hated the Christian God, Marx and Engels both, 
Beyond that, they hated the idea of the nuclear family. They thought that was part of the bourgeois, as it were. So they wanted to break that down as well, because if people don't have strong families, then they're more easily controlled. Um, and, and they felt like they could make a more even, equal society that way. So, yeah, there, there's a lot of, um, I would call it evil moorings to the second and third wave of feminism. I want to go and maybe start in the 1950s when I think we had a lot of really good positive models of feminism. And some people might scoff at that, but I think the portrayal of women as lovers of their families, their husbands, as uh, keepers of the house and protectors of their children was a wonderful model. And then things started to change. And let's go to the 60s when this was all thrown off because it was almost a cultural revolution in America. Well, I mean, the idea you're talking about, I think, speaks to being feminine. There's a there's a major difference in, uh, you know, a woman aligning with her femininity, like, you know, how God made women by default, you know, to be nurturers, carers, lovers of their family. And sure, that can come. I mean, you can be a driven woman and but you're still going to have that that sort of default heart that wants to care and provide and love love others and, and support your family. Um, the feminist movement is a very brazen, independent, um, I'm fighting for my rights, I'm fighting for myself, which on its face may sound okay, but it becomes very selfish. You know, it leads to one of the main topics that I think we can all see is that where feminism has failed women, you fast forward it to today, and women are saying in scientific polls, and not just one, but multiple polls, how unhappy they are, how unsatisfied with life they are. Part of that's on men, because I think men have listened to the message of the feminist movement, which says that the patriarchy is toxic, masculinity is toxic, you know, men need to, to be quiet and stay in their, stay in their place, you know, kind of listen, not, not to speak. And so these women look around and they see a bunch of beta males that are not attractive to them mm. <laughs> for, for obvious reasons. They've got their individuality and those things that they were promised, but it's not making them happy. So let's go to some of the things that took place in those decades of maybe the 60s and the 70s, a little bit into the 80s. And there was a push. Now, again, I'm with you. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being a driven woman. There are many uh, fantastically successful women who are in careers and so forth. But there was a push. There, There was pressure. I lived through this for women to get out of the house as if their work raising children was not sufficient or not good. And so there was a push to separate women from their children. That has led us to some pretty bad things in America. Yeah, I mean, over and over, you'll hear about it from from subjective. We can talk about the subjective first. Yes. When you go talk to a lot of women who went down that, that road, and now they're in their late 40s, 50s, and many of them missed out on some of the parts of life that they wish they could get back so badly. And some of that is raising their children or being at home more, getting married. A lot of them never got married. And even the ones that did, that went down that path, typically didn't have the quality of marriage that they wish they had. And they, they say, you know, I kind of wish I wouldn't have gone this direction. So I hear that all the time. The other subjective side is you talk to women who are strong and they, you know, like a lot of age type women that I'll meet that are in the freedom fighting movement, which composed 70% of them, by the way, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is probably a huge bother to me. Yeah. Um, I talk to those women about, you know, do you wish men were, were stronger and standing up beside you? And I, I almost expect them to say something like, yeah, you know, we don't really need, need that. You know, it doesn't matter what's 
They don't say that. They say, absolutely. I wish there were more strong men leading this thing, standing alongside me. So I think women do have this innate desire, just as the Bible says that, you know, a man is the head of the household. That may come out in different ways. I think women want to see that more, whether they're acknowledging it or not. So that's all on on the subjective side. The objective side is the, the scientific, you know, polls and the cultural analysis that is stating the same things. Also pushed during the 1960s was the sexual revolution and this push for free love. And I guess you could you could throw birth control into that so that women could say, well, I can have uh, sexual relations freely without worrying. You know, there was that book back in the 60s. It was a pretty famous book called The Feminist Mystique, which yes. I think was one of the, um, was it called The Feminist Mystique? I yes, Betty, Betty Friedan, I think, was the author. Yeah, yeah, The Feminist Mystique, and exactly what you're saying, it led women to become further detached from their innate desires for for marriage, and they they eventually did succeed in painting traditional marriage as oppressive, at least in the minds of most secular Americans, which they, I would say, is a majority. That's been a part of the destruction of the nuclear family, and with it, masculinity in men. Uh, You know, we've seen that happen. I think no-fault divorce has become a powerful weapon, which allows a dissolution of marriages for basically no reason at all. And the original intent on that may have been a good one in terms of not hurting the kids and that kind of thing. I think I've heard that theory before, but, but now it's made divorce so easy. And really, as I think through this, it's kind of a, um, a disrespect of life that they're pushing on. And I don't just mean like life and death. I mean, what gives us life? From abortion on demand, that's a devaluation of life. From a disrespect for marriage and traditional family, that's a disrespect for things that can bring life, can bring uh, you know feelings of, of satisfaction in your life. And these women, it, it, it's an endless cycle of we're doing things to make ourselves unhappy, then we become unhappy, but we're still driving toward the same things that are causing the unhappiness. It's, it's really sad. You mentioned abortion on demand and, of course, the Roe v. Wade recently having been set aside by the United States Supreme Court, and we're seeing all hell break loose. But I've talked to a lot of women who have had abortions who are honest about it, uh, and this is going back many decades. The the abortions were maybe in the 70s or, or the 80s, and they carry such a burden with them. And the same holds true for men if they're willing to be honest, right? That's right. Yeah. You know, anytime that you engage, and I believe your show's a Christian show, I'm going to talk from a Christian perspective here. Yes. Anytime that a human being is moving away from God and towards sin, and they, they're acting at, whether it's abortion, whether it's pornography, what, it doesn't matter what the issue is. You have two choices at that point, to honestly take a look at, at how it is making you feel and, and that idea of shame that comes in anytime we move in that direction. Well, our natural tendency against that is to hide. And a lot of times we hide behind lies. And as we hide behind those lies, our heart gets harder and harder and harder. And we can even come to believe, and many, many people do, come to believe that, say, pornography is actually healthy and abortion is actually health care yeah. for women. It is exactly what Satan would always, has always tried to do, is take the truth, flip it on its head, pervert it, and get people to move in the exact opposite direction. And that is where America is either going to, and I, and I think it's a huge split, by the way. I don't think all of America is going to come back to God or, 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 or run away from God. But I think for those who are willing to listen to wisdom and listen to the heart that God gave them, they're going to come closer and closer to these truths, but they are spiritual truths. And the Bible talks all throughout Scripture 
that those who are seeking the Lord will be able to see things from a spiritual perspective. There'll be truths that will come to light. For those that are running away from God, they're only going to be further and further deceived by their own desires. And, it, and the Bible does say the heart is deceptive above all things. So we have to be very careful about feelings. Mm. And if you notice, whether we're talking about the feminist movement or we're talking about Democrat Party platform politics, it's all down to, well, how, did it, how does it make you feel? It's always about mm-hmm. feelings, and it's never actually about logic and wisdom. I may have gotten off topic there, but that, that just kind of hit me. No, I think it's a very important point, and uh, the, uh, the Bible references the heart as being desperately wicked, and we can see where it goes when people follow what they think feels good to them. I think we should establish here God's plan for marriage and family from the biblical perspective, because a lot of people just hear that, and they kind of brush it off. They maybe don't even believe it. So what is God's plan, and how was it expressed? Uh, and I think it, it's it, the natural order is marriage is between one man and one woman, monogamous for life. You know, that's that's the basic idea. And, you know, we see the truth of that in our physiology and, <laughs> um, yes. in, 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 you know, in the complementary natures of who we are. You know, when you're raising, say, a young boy, a woman needs to be that voice of nurturing, caring, um, encouragement, all those things. And a father has ha, will do those same things. But a father is also going to teach them how to have fortitude, how to get up when they've been knocked down several times. Because if you're only getting one side of, of when you're raising a young boy, and, and let's say it's just the caring encouragement, and that's all it ever is, well, there's no tough love in there. They don't learn how to deal with adversity, which is a massive problem today with, with the millennial generation and younger. But if it's just the other side, and it's just the tough love just, uh, you know, hey, dust yourself off, go, go do it again. And there, there's no backing of encouragement and, and love and, and nurturing, those kind of things. It, it's a very unbalanced thing. That can, it can be toxic either way. I mean, I'm speaking to raising a child within marriage. That's what it's meant to be. And what, what is, you know, what's the most valued marriage right now on the other side? What's well, homosexual marriage? That, that's the marriage they really talk about. They really uh, approve and appreciate. And once again, it's Satan at the root of it, taking something good, flipping it on its head and saying, no, this is good. This is what's to be valued. Very rarely, and I, and I know I'm speaking in partisan terms here, but I think we're just at that point. Yes. You very rarely hear Democrats talk about marriage between one man and one woman in a traditional sense in any kind of positive light. Typically, it's either ignored or disparaged. But man, you bring up you know, gay marriage, you know, <laughs> held on a, on a trophy case right now. So it's, it's backwards. So this is fascinating because for years, the feminists wanted to be recognized for what they were. This feminist movement was about promoting women. And yet now it's kind of been subverted, Jeremy, to uh, the other side. Like it doesn't matter. You could have two mothers, quote unquote, in a family, and that would have absolutely no impact on the children. One side or the other is lying. You can't have them both at the same time. You, you absolutely cannot, you know, and as you said that about the promotion of women and they're kind of um, uh, cannibalizing themselves with their new beliefs. I yes. don't even know. You could almost call it fourth wave feminism, this new weird transgender ideology, mm-hmm. which is mostly men transitioning to women for the, mo- for the most part. But in my college, I went to Georgia Tech. That's my alma mater. And it was only a few months ago that right there in the big swimming stadium, you know, they, they were having a grown man who genetically is far superior to all these women who, you know, grew his hair out calling himself a woman and they're allowing them to compete at the NCAA division one level in swimming against girls 
that have sacrificed. I mean, these female athletes, not only do they sacrifice in such a massive way, like I was a ball player at Georgia Tech, baseball player. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a future in that where I could have possibly made millions of dollars. These women who want to be professional swimmers, there's really no money in that. They're doing it because they love it. And maybe, you know, maybe for their scholarship, but they, they love what they do. And they're being subverted and usurped by men, and it's encouraged by the NCAA. Now, right now, there's still, you know, the pushback voices are, are still loud enough that there's a real fight there. But I think that's a pretty pertinent example of the way that, you know, that the feminists are supposed to help women, and now they're kind of erasing women with this transgender push. And, and people got to take this seriously because they sure are taking it seriously. The Shilling Show Unleashed podcast. Our guest is Jeremy Sladen. We'll continue in just a moment. Join the revolution online at shillingshow.com. Borderhawk.news is a one-stop shop with the latest news about immigration, nationalism, and globalism. The Borderhawk staff daily curates immigration news stories and in the fashion of the Drudge Report, updates the site with cutting-edge content and original first-class commentary. Borderhawk.news highlights national and international media reports, tweets and nuggets buried in local news blurbs, polls, video clips, and policy research. Borderhawk is pro-legal immigration, pro-rule of law, but against an unsecure border as countless Americans have suffered violence at the hands of criminal illegal aliens. And an increasing number of Americans are concerned about how mass migration affects their daily life. Borderhawk.news will remain on the forefront of the immigration issue with a buffet of info to read, evaluate, and share. Bookmark Borderhawk.news. Add them on social media at News on Twitter. Charlottesville's Community Watchdog. We continue now on the Schilling Show Unleashed podcast. Jeremy Sladen, we're talking about how feminism failed women. So I want to talk about the progressive political attacks. Again, this is a spiritual thing and people don't understand this, but what is it about God's design for marriage and traditional family that has the left so upset? Why does this bring them grief and discomfort? Honestly, I think because it works. They fear what's true because it's so obvious on its face. You know, as you bring up these these examples, I'm constantly thinking of things outside of the traditional family. I mean, right now, you basically pick your topic. Having a closed border, for instance. Yes. We know that that's a good thing, to have a border that's closed with ports of entry. But yet, they have the border wide open, and we know what, what that's causing, right? I mean, we, we know that that's um, a negative thing for our country. It's causing fentanyl to come, all these things. But yet they're approving of it. They're doing it. And the greatest fear they have is the truth coming out, good arguments coming out. That's why you're seeing more and more Democrat politicians, for instance, not even debating their opponents, not even debating, and, and winning, by the way, which I talk about subversion. I mean, I, and I'm speaking about Arizona right now. Yes. It's amazing. And I'll get back to your, your original question. I think it's a very simple answer. I would love to give, you know, you could probably write books on why they fear and, and hate the idea of the traditional family so much. I think at the end of the day, they are taking their cues from the father of lies who hates truth above all things. So they look at traditional marriage and there's something about it that makes them sick. And I think it's because they know it's true in their heart. So they're pulling out all the stops 
to smear it and to to pervert it and to make lies become the truth in the minds of, of the American people. And to some degree, they've succeeded. But I think we can also be fooled into believing the bullhorns that they hold in the media and thinking that people like you and I and your listeners are in the minority when we're not. So we have to remember that just because they, they hold these bullhorns in the media and it feels sometimes like you know people that are just believing truth and, and seeking God are isolated or you know, not in the majority. I think we are. That's really a problem. And I hear from a lot of people who feel alone, who feel isolated, who are looking for like-minded people. And I think that's been a, a big part of this battle and media complicity in it, along with leftist politics, has left people feeling that way because they know it causes them to become despondent. What do you say to people who really do feel alone in this? I would say if you're a man, go to warrior and dot com and sign up. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> we've got a great community of like minded guys that, that get it. And we do talk about these issues. Part of an overall, you know, health package you know, knowing where you stand in society is an important part of being a man or a woman. Um, but I would say number one, find more shows like like your show to listen to be educated. And, and number two, you know, there, there's people everywhere that believe like you believe you could be in San Francisco. Well, maybe not that, that may be too far <laughs> gone, but you could be, you know, on, on the left coast over there and there's plenty of conservatives, but you have to communicate and actively be looking to find them and getting together. And there's also events all the time. You know, I've been on the reawaken America tour. I've spoken at those or even a, um, a Marifest or these different events that are all over the country. You go to those and you see, you see like, oh my gosh, there's a massive amount of people that believe like I believe. It's full of energy. And it really just brings like a lot of energy to your own life to be in those environments. Um, because yes, day to day, you can become very isolated as you look at, look at the news and you're beat over the head with all these false ideologies and you're sending your kid maybe to a college that's trying to tear down everything that made your family's life like work. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, it, it can become difficult. That's why community is so important. And that's also a biblical thing. I mean, if the, if all of the early church, for instance, would have been fragmented and they wouldn't have even really known each other, they just, they just got this truthful message and they're trying to go preach it on their own. Well, it would have fallen flat. It was all about relationships and getting together in person. And I think that speaks to part of the COVID agenda even. I know I'm going out on a limb here, but I think it ties in. They wanted us isolated so that they could implement this great reset regime change, uh, along with many other things. And isolation was the number one way to get people to comply. I want to look at some of the numbers because you talk about this as you wrote about it, and the decline in marriage is staggering. I mean, the the number of unmarried women is up. The average age of marriage is way up. This has a tremendous impact on our culture and society, doesn't it? Yes, it does. I mean, I think it speaks to the success that they've had in their movement of women getting married less and later. Uh, I don't, did you read the, the 28 marriages per 1,000 unmarried women yes. in 2021? Yeah, that's down 60% from 1970, mm. um, which 1970 was a, was a very strong year for, for marriage. But, um, I mean, it's, it's way down, and it shows, okay, so you can look at that and say, okay, your agenda worked. It actually had success. And did it work in terms of female empowerment, female happiness? And I think the proof is in the pudding. I mean, even mainstream, there's a lot of mainstream news articles. If you just Google search, are women happier today 
you know, post-feminist or after the feminist movement. And all these articles are, are funny. They're scratching their heads saying, like, why are these studies coming out showing that women are, are less happy today than they were in the 70s? And they come up with some of the most ridiculous reasons. I mean, one of them, I think it was The Guardian that proposed the idea that because women's commute are, are they, they, now they have to throw in a commute to work on top of all the other responsibilities they have. That could possibly be why women are saying they're less happy. I mean, it's it's just insane that marriage is down. Um, and I think that that shows that 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 movement, that voice has had a massive effect on our on our culture. The other thing that's dangerously down is the fertility rate. And uh, as as we mentioned, people are having children later, but also there are just fewer of them. And uh, that, that leads to the end of society if you follow that path. That definitely ties in to this feminist movement. I'm glad you brought that up. I, I believe that population control at the, at the very top of any of these pyramids, be it medical, be it the World Economic Forum, be it these international United Nations style conglomerates of, of nations, you go up to the top and you look at what these people really believe and they want to control population size and growth and it many times depopulate. And I, I believe very strongly that even of the trickle down effect, you get the average feminist on the street, they don't they're not they're not putting that together. You know, they they just think they're fighting for women's empowerment and that they're oppressed by the the patriarchy and, and all of that ridiculousness. But what they are doing as, you know, Satan's minions basically is promoting this idea of depopulation. I mean, I could talk a long time about all the negatives and the deceptions and to some degree, the exposure of these things and people like waking up that, that maybe have called themselves, you know, well, I'm in the middle, the truth's in the middle. These really bad repercussions are coming on society. I think it's going to cause a lot of people to wake up so that's a positive that I see, um, and, and I would even throw in the, the Arizona election, the other elections right now that are kind of on hold where people don't know what's going to happen, and they, they tend to be elections that are very important to, to the left. I think those things happening even at, on top of 2020 is getting people to kind of maybe wake up and see like, okay, maybe we don't have free and fair elections. You know, I'm just using that as an example yes. of something happening right now that it could possibly be shaking people awake. If there are people listening right now who consider themselves feminists, and I know there are some men who consider themselves feminists as well, what one truth do you want to tell them that they could take away? That's a great question. There's two that come to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one is a spiritual truth, and that is, you know, your, your satisfaction is not going to be found and these things that the world is presenting to you that are supposed to bring you happiness. And that was the kind of found kind of the foundation of this show was, is feminism making women happier? And no, like the verdict is out. Like it, it hasn't, it doesn't work. So what does work? Well, get, getting back to God's plan for your life, that's what can bring you fulfillment. Now, will it always bring happiness? Absolutely not. The disciples themselves, those who were closest to Christ, most of it, it didn't end really well for them on this earth. But, you know, their life was a life of, of service, a life of serving God and serving other, other people. According to Christian beliefs, those guys are, are in paradise right now. So we, we are fighting for something beyond ourselves. And anytime you're getting into an ideology that is all about the self, how do I serve me? How do I serve myself? Um, you're probably going to be very unsatisfied after following that path. So that's one thing that I would say. And then the other is get in community. You cannot do this alone. 
we are in a time and place right now in this country where there is so much deception and so much approved deception. And many people don't even realize what's going on. But for those who do, it can feel very lonely and isolating. And we spoke of this, but find a community of like-minded people that can become a family for you during this time, because I don't know which way it's going to go in terms of the future. And I don't think anyone does. But if the days get darker ahead, man, we're going to need each other. And we're going to need, especially for for men, I'm saying this to men, we are going to need strong men who have clear minds, who who aren't addicted to, to all these things that the world wants you to be addicted to. And who are even physically capable because <laughs> we may be heading toward a society where um, PayPal and the, the world banks don't want you to uh, have that you maybe they can just reach it, pull it out because you've said things on Facebook that they don't like. It's where we're headed and we ought to be prepared. Jeremy Slayton, if people want to follow you online and get more information about the work that you do, tell us how, please. Yes. For the Warrior MBS program, go to warriormbs.com. We have the next round about to kick off. So if you want to join, get in there and, and check it out. And you can also schedule a call with me right there on the website. And if you want to follow my um, cultural and political commentary, go to Rumble. Go to J-S-L-A-Y-U-S-A, J-Slay USA channel on Rumble. And that's where I uh, provide political commentary and, and things of that nature. Jeremy Slayton, thank you so much for the work you're doing and for joining us here today on the Shilling Show Unleashed podcast. Thank you, sir. Very much enjoyed it. That concludes another edition of the Shilling Show Unleashed podcast. Visit us online at shillingshow.com where you can directly support this podcast by clicking on the Patreon banner at the top of the page and making a monthly donation. Your support is essential for the continuation of the Shilling Show Unleashed podcast. Until next time...